Welcome to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. So our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke in the 24th chapter, beginning with the 36th verse, going through verse 33. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open them, feel free to highlight, take notes, all of that good stuff, and it'll also be on the screens. So hear these words. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, He said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for just a moment, a moment to be still, to hear your word proclaimed. I pray that as we listen, we might hear you speaking directly to us and that all the distractions that often get in the way of that might fall away. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today I want to spend a little bit of time digging into a particular word that is found in this passage. It's a word I think in normal times we might not even notice at all, but lately it takes on a particular meaning. It's kind of tucked at the very end of the passage, but I think it is the word that really ties it all in together. The word is presence. He took a piece of broiled fish and he ate it in their presence. Now I've been thinking a lot lately about that particular word all week long. You know, I think of the many things that we are grieving in our world. Presence is probably the thing that we grieve the most, just being able to really be fully present with the people around us. I feel like this week in particular, because we're so long into it at this point, it has really begun to wear on us in a new way. So much so that some people are even missing coworkers that they don't even normally like. And so that tells you something about it. People are finding more and more creative ways while social distancing to be near one another. Maybe you've seen on Facebook the shower curtain hugs, and so people are taking rods and they're putting shower curtains up and then they're spraying them, I guess, with all kinds of disinfectant and things like that. And their loved ones will come in and then they're on one side of the curtain and their loved ones are on the other and they kind of hug through the curtain. And I I think it it allows them to have them in their arms, even though it's a little plasticky and probably smells like chemicals, but it is just nice. I mean, that's how much they miss each other. And then this week, I was getting coffee, and I was in a really long line of cars, 
And I looked across the way and I noticed this older gentleman sitting in one of those tailgating chairs and he had a cup of coffee in his hand and I thought, well, that's kind of odd. It's like Planet Fitness and he was probably about 85 and he sits just sitting there in this parking lot. Before long, a caddy came up and another older man got out and got his little chair and sat down and had his cup of coffee and then before I knew it, five more caddies pulled up and they all took their uh, chairs out and had their cup of coffee and they formed this huge circle In my mind, I'm like, oh, maybe this is a Bible study. You know, that's kind of where my mind goes. I'm not sure that was it at all. I think they were just guys that normally meet up at the coffee shop and couldn't. And so they just really wanted to see each other's faces and telephone calls, Zoom, FaceTime, all that just wasn't cutting it because it's not quite the same as actually laying eyes on one another. When I drove by an hour later, They were still there in that circle, just laughing from a distance together. And then there's this new thing where babies are being born and families, of course, can't gather in the way they normally would. They can't even hold the babies for some time. And so I've seen a few folks post where they are taking their babies and holding them up in the windows for grandparents to come by and check out the new little addition to the family or other family members come by. Maybe some of you have had some folks come and stand in your window and you've had conversations that way this week. And I just think it really points to how connectional we really are as human beings. Even if we're really independent and we think we don't need that, We're just wired to be in connection. I think never has the ability to be physically present with one another been more valuable than it is today. Now, as United Methodists, we have long understood this. In fact, one of our membership vows relates to presence. I've been making one-on-one phone calls with our confirmands, and we've been going through the questions that we're gonna ask on Confirmation Sunday. And part of that means going through, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? And so as as I've talked with the sixth graders about presence and what it means to them, they too have shared how much they miss just being able to hang out with another person who's not in their family. Now they would like to get away from their families for a little while and get out of the house, but they miss that. And so I think maybe uniquely this group will understand why we take it so seriously. Because it's not just about being in worship every Sunday, though that's an important part of it. It's also about how we show up in one another's lives. Because it means something when another person values you enough to be there physically with you. You know, the arrival of Jesus and his presence in any situation in scripture is always a turning point. Jesus's mere presence in the room with his disciples changes everything. Things go from very negative to much more positive and hopeful. He gave them courage and faith, whereas before they had a lot of doubt and fear. When Jesus came into the room, you move out of this place of sorrow and you begin to hear joy and you can almost hear their laughter as they share a meal together with their friend. You know, they just needed to see him. They needed to touch him. They needed to have his presence right in front of them so that they would have courage 
for what they knew the days ahead would bring. Isn't that why the presence of our loved ones is so important to us as well? And isn't that why we so desperately miss one another and why we feel just a little bit out of joint all the time when we're kept apart? I remember when I had just graduated from seminary and we were living in Alexandria, Louisiana and I was at First United Methodist, I was the associate there. And I was in my 20s, I knew everything, but I was really struggling a little bit. I was kind of lonesome, didn't know anybody in Alexandria. Matt was struggling. We were looking for a job for him, and it was a small town. And I was talking to my senior pastor about it on the phone. I just had a baby, and he could just hear it in my voice. And so he said, hey, Leslie, I'll be right there. And he just hung up the phone before I could protest. The house was a mess. Sure enough, 10 minutes later, here he comes. And he came into our living room, and he just listened And then he prayed for us. And it is something that I have never forgotten. And I have thought about it a lot in my own ministry, what it means when a person drops everything they're doing and just comes and sits with you for a little while. And it was a real turning point for us. I think we both felt in that moment that we weren't alone and that we were gonna make it through. You know, there is no doubt that the disciples huddled in the room that day had every reason to be afraid, not just for their lives, but for their families' lives as well. The threat outside of their door was very real. The Jewish leaders were looking for them. The Romans probably would have liked to have more than a conversation with them. And so we can understand why they were there in that way. Now when John tells the story, he tells it a little bit differently. This is what he says. He says, when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And after this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, so I send you. And so it was in the middle of their anxiety and fear, Jesus came and brought peace to the situation. You know, if you really make that connection, we are in a somewhat similar situation, not the same, but here we are behind locked doors, huddled, a little bit afraid of what lies outside. There is a very real danger There is a very real threat to our lives and to the lives of people that we love. And so there is this desire to leave those walls, but also this fear that kind of keeps us imprisoned in them. And so I wonder, just as Jesus came and though the doors were locked, found his way inside, if Jesus couldn't do the same for us today, And the answer, of course, is yes. Of course, Jesus can come into the middle of that situation. There is nothing that we could do, really, to keep him out. He is always there, always present with us. When we allow Jesus into the middle of whatever it is that we are dealing with, he can give us courage. He can take our anxiety and replace it with peace take our despair and turn it into joy. In Psalm 107, it talks a little bit about the ways in which God does this. 
The writer of the psalm talks about four different groups of people, the wanderers who have no place to go, imprisoned people, people injured by their own sinfulness, and sailors who were overwhelmed by a storm. These groups were tired, they were scared, they were frustrated, and they cried out to God, and each time in the psalm, God comes and is with them, and the psalm says that God brings them victory, and God brings them peace. He restores, he rescues, he helps them find balance and sanity again in the middle of it all. You know, the same is true for us, and he can do that with us. Now, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of fear. Fear can sometimes be a thing which protects us, but unchecked, fear can dominate our lives. The adversary will use fear to destroy us. He tried to do that with the disciples. He tried to do that over and over again with the people in Psalm 107. And he will try to do it with us. So when you find yourself afraid, look around you. Call on Jesus. Ask him to be in your midst and he will come and he will bring you peace. He will come and he will take away despair and replace it with courage. And that's not all that he brings. Scripture said he also brought joy into the middle of that situation. Now why in the world they find joy in the middle of that is a little bit perplexing. I mean joy of course because Jesus is back with them. But their circumstances have not changed. Outside the doors, the Jewish leaders are still looking for them. The Romans still want to have that conversation with them The danger is very real. And so that is not what changes. In fact, we know after they leave that room within the next few years, all of them save one will be martyred. Some of their worst fears will be realized. But when they leave that room, they are no longer the same. They experience something in that encounter with the risen Jesus that changes everything And it allows them to face those fears head on. It allows them to go through that experience of martyrdom in a beautiful and holy way. It allows them to leave because they know they have to leave that room in order to go and tell the others. They understand and find joy because they realize that all suffering, all pain in this life is temporary that there is something far better that awaits us on the other side. Imagine a life devoid of the presence of Jesus. The truth is, that is the way it is for a lot of people. There are a lot of people right now who sit in that place with no peace, no sense that there is anything beyond this. And so one of the jobs that we have as Christians who have experienced that in our own life is to go and to testify to the truth of that. Now the ways in which we can do that are a little different. Maybe we can't immediately drop the phone and go into someone's living room and sit with him. But certainly we can still stay connected in other ways. We can demonstrate the presence and the power of Christ through the ways in which we continue to reach out through the ways in which we post things on social media, the way that we encourage those who are discouraged, and how we deal with the trials that we face in our own life. 
We do that by staying in the word of God. We have to do that. That is part of the armor that we put on. We do that through prayer. We have to continue to be diligently praying for one another, praying to God and keeping that connection. And we do that through worship. As the weeks go on, it's harder and harder to stay connected virtually through worship. And so there's gonna be this temptation to just let it go. That little voice that says, eh, I'll watch it later. I'll get back to it. But the truth is, we know from experience that we rarely do get back to it. And so it's important that we stay grounded in that, that we stay close to those things that keep us connected to the very real presence of Jesus in our world. And so I just wanna encourage you in that. I pray that whatever storms you may be facing, that you find a peace there. I pray that today you really do experience that presence of Jesus. And if you never have before, may it be transformative for you. May you come to understand what the disciples understood all those years ago, that Jesus has come and it has changed everything. We no longer have to be afraid. We no longer have to worry about what tomorrow will bring because God holds our future. And that future is an eternity spent with him. I invite you now to come into a place and we're gonna pray together. And I just wanna pray for your situation, for wherever you are. And I wanna pray that if you don't know Jesus, that you might experience him today. Let's pray. Gracious God, again and again, you have come into the midst of the rooms that we are locked in and you have said, peace. You have shown us that we are not alone, that even when we feel isolated, even when we are going stir crazy, God, you are there. And in this we find joy. And so I just pray for my brothers and sisters across the world who are struggling. I pray for those who don't know you, who don't know that you are very real and you are right there with them as close as their breath. And I pray that this day their eyes might be open and they might recognize you and you might come to live in them. Because God, when you live with us, when your presence is constant in our life, we understand that nothing, no war, no famine, no plague, no loss of jobs, no anything, can take away your presence in our life. And so I just pray that the truth of that might penetrate us all, that it might help us to embrace this time that we're in and to use it in ways that glorify your holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.